Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy. So you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like, combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until of course something dramatic happens and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Belly Up Fantasy Live. We're back for the divisional rounds. We're going to keep it short and sweet, guys. Let's get into it. Welcome in, everybody. About a two or three week hiatus for uh, all four of us to be on here. Uh, super excited to be back. Thank you for everyone who's watching us. Man, uh, Belly Up Fantasy Lab. Guys. How are y'all doing, Tom, Billy, Ryan? Doing well. Hey, man, we're doing good. Glad to be uh, glad to be back. Yeah, real good. We got a break and roll. Yeah, for sure. Uh Man, if y'all don't know what we're getting into tonight, it's going to be super exciting. We've got our divisional matchups. Obviously, the championship's going down between Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo. But also, we're going to get into a little bit more uh, to give you a little bit more of our time, right? Guys, we're going to talk about the head coaching changes that have been going on. Also, a little spicy hot take, possibly, but maybe some new landing spots for my guy, number four, Deshaun Watson. At the end of the show, though, We'll give you a little bit of inside look at what we're thinking about um, as a collective and then also as individuals as our 1.01 position players, right, for 2021 redrafts. We're talking about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. The number one guy that all of us have at those positions where you should be drafting them if you have that spot coming up in the draft. Um, Guys. This has been brand new to us as well. We got a, a whole slew of new sponsors for us uh, and some old ones that we're going to keep a, keep attached to, right? Obviously, we've got Manscaped, we've got Hoff Sauce, and we've got Trophy Smack. Uh, congratulations to the guys at Trophy Smack for getting that deal on Shark Tank, guys. Go, go, go. Um, but new to this season will be sponsors such as Skull Candy, Spy Optics, bw or busr.com betting 
And then also, guys, everyone knows this brand, Yeti Coolers. Come on with it. Belly Up Fantasy Live, sponsored, a Yeti, sponsored by Yeti Coolers. So going into just the live re right now for Manscaped, just because they've loved us for so long and they gave us a shot, I'm going to give them the front spot right now, guys. Support for Belly Up Fantasy Live is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, guys. Manscaped just released their new clone, and it is fucking phenomenal. The scent is great. You spray it wherever you want, and it's been used over 2 million men slash humans, women across worldwide, right? So join the movement and become refined. Um, You can always use our code, guys, for 20% off anything on their website, not just the cologne, but the lawnmower, um, everything else that they have going on, and then also free shipping. So you got to like what Manscaped's doing with us um, and also helping out your ladies and your guys, right? So 20% off, just use the promo code BellyUpFantasy uh, at Manscaped, or BellyUpFantasyLive at Manscaped.com. Your balls, body, and women, or men, will thank you later. So let's go into head coaching changes. Um, I want to break this down real quick, guys. So the head coaching change landscape has been absolutely phenomenal, right? We've seen Urban Meyer come in. We saw the New York Jets hire the D.C. Uh, Robert Slay. Uh, Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith, who we're probably going to talk about that guy all offseason, right? And who he's going to get leading up to the draft. Um, and then some new players in the game, too, I guess, leaving home. Benemy, Brady, and McDaniels, possibly. So, Ryan, let's start with you, man. I know this is kind of going a little bit out of sync, but Ryan, what do you think about the new head coaching changes? Everybody, we're all powered by new microphones by Audio-Technica, and now I'm not the only one who's going to be on mute every now and then. Ryan, you just had your first whiff at the microphone. How'd it feel, brother? Man, yep. I got to remember to do that. Uh, let's go into the coaching changes. With the Jags and Urban Meyer, I'm curious how Meyer is going to do when he can't recruit all the best players and he only gets one pick in each round of the draft. Uh, otherwise, I am an Urban Meyer believer, but I'm afraid that this recruiter like Saban is not going to necessarily translate on the NFL field where you can't recruit better than everybody else. You're just a coach. Uh, on the other side, Robert Salah is a great DC, but is he a head coach? Just, we're going to find out the jets are a dumpster fire in a lot of places, but a lot of that had to do with Gase. And then for the chargers, we'll see about stay later. I don't know enough about him, man. I mean, honestly, he was the DC for the best defense statistically in the league so that's good moving on to arthur smith man part of me wonders we talked about this earlier guys part of me wonders if it was arthur smith that fixed Tannehill, or if it's derrick henry that made arthur smith look good so we're going to find out a lot about arthur smith in atlanta next year um for the rest i'm surprised the hasn't gotten a job but when you're when you're with andy reed and mahomes how much of it is you it's like jim caldwell how much of that was peyton manning uh how much of those guys are actually going to be good coaches? Uh, Billy, what do you think about uh, this, these coaching changes, man? Yeah, I'm with you on Urban Meyer. I just, I'm really curious to see how he translates to the NFL. Like you said, when he was at Florida and Ohio State, <clears throat> excuse me, he's getting the best of the best without a whole lot of effort. And he's got quite the job ahead of him to get this, uh, to get this Jaguars team uh, tuned up. So that'll be interesting. If someone could do it, I would think Urban Meyer would have a pretty good shot. But we've also seen uh, several successful college coaches 
uh, not do that well in the pros. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see there. Uh, I love the Robert Sally hire for the Jets. I actually think they finally did a good job here. This guy was really sought after. His players really love him. Defensive-minded coach for a team that has the, the a pretty good makeup on the defensive side of the ball. It'll be really interesting to see how they move forward with the quarterback position and what kind of coordinators he gets to help him out. Uh, I think he's going to need a little help on the offensive side, especially developing a young guy, whether that be Darnold or, or whoever they uh, decide to draft. So that'll be really interesting to me. Uh, and the Brandon Staley hire, like you said, uh, you know, defensive coordinator for the Rams, taking over for Wade Phillips. So, you know, maybe some of that rubbed off on him. We see Wade Phillips be really successful for longer than most of us have been alive. So, uh, that, that that could be an interesting one, but I'm curious why the Chargers keep not going and getting a proven commodity at the head coaching spot. They've, they've continued to struggle, tons and tons of talent. I just feel like they, they could get a better uh, guy that, that you know would fill that seat a little more securely, a lot less question marks. Uh, but we talked about Arthur Smith. He's going to be a favorite of ours, like Chris alluded to, because of that offense and what he's going to do. We've seen Matt Ryan be incredibly successful, and that offense really hum with the play-action pass. But they don't have a running back right now that scares you whatsoever. So that offense is, is really an awkward fit that I feel like could be successful if they play their cards right leading into this offseason, getting it going. Um, and Detroit, Dan Campbell, I'll tell you, I'm really excited for that one uh, for Matthew Stafford, that passing game, that Sean Payton kind of offense and approach to the offensive side of the ball. But they need some, they need some defensive help if they're going to compete with the Packers and, uh, you know, the Vikings who, who can run the ball really well in that division. And, of, of course, the Bears are another playoff team in that division. So, um, you know, that's really interesting. But for the openings that are left, <clears throat> talk about Houston. Eric Bieniemy is a nice fit. Jim Caldwell, you mentioned, you know, was that a lot of that Peyton Manning, my Hawkeye there, Jim Caldwell? Uh, that seems to be a job that coming into the offseason we were all would have been really excited about. It's really kind of fallen off the horse. So some interesting candidates there besides Bieniemy. Caldwell, I kind of like Marvin Lewis as being a guy that might be able to, uh, you know, come in there and, and do pretty well if they can keep Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson goes, I don't see anybody really being too excited about this job that doesn't have a lot of experience like a Marvin Lewis to really attack this year's draft and next year's draft and kind of do some building with this team. And Philadelphia, and I'll, I'll kick this off to Tom here. A couple interesting guys for me, obviously Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, coming off the success at LSU and, and the passing game in Carolina this last year with Teddy Bridgewater, I think that he could do well with uh, Carson Wentz, hopefully. Sounds like that's kind of the route they want to go is keep car- keeping Carson Wentz. And obviously uh, Josh McDaniels and the success we've seen him have, um, you know, on the offense side of the ball, maybe not so much as a head coach, but uh, those are three interesting guys that the Eagles are bringing in and interviewing right now. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I'll tell you what, it's, Philly's a weird place, right? Uh, Everyone was so in on McDaniels coming in. I wasn't as big on that thought. Um, I don't think it's the worst pick you could make, um, but my thought is the only person we've really seen him have a lot of success with is Tom Brady. Um, Scott Davis went to Indy. It's it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. I I don't see it happening. Um, But no, I I think McDaniels, we saw him go to Denver – Went eight and eight his first year, uh, and I think it was two and five his second year before getting fired. Um, not a great you know job out there, albeit the team was questionable. Um, the person I'm really interested in in Philly is actually Joe Brady uh, from the Panthers. I think it'd be an interesting hire. Uh, a lot of people think of as just an offensive mind. If you actually go back and look at his history, 
He was actually a linebackers coach at William and Mary uh, back in 2013, 2014, uh, before moving to the offensive side of the ball with the Saints and then LSU, obviously working with Joe Burrow down there in uh, 2019. He was the passing game coordinator uh, before moving into Carolina. So my pick for the Eagles is Joe Brady. uh, And then bring in Deuce Staley as your OC. A lot of players want him as the head coach. I don't know if that – I think that's too big of a step for him. He hasn't really had any play calling or offensive coordinator experience. Uh, Houston, I don't really know who wants it. Not not to be rude, Chris, but it's – there's not a lot to want in the sense that your quarterback wants out, who, by the way, has a pretty significant cap hit, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to put you in a very, very tough spot if you do have to move him. You don't have picks as it sits. And you don't have cap space even without taking that cap hit. So it, it is a difficult situation. Bienemy obviously could be a good option for it. I think a lot of people aren't looking at Bienemy though and thinking about the history that he has. It's been a while, but he had a lot of questionable stuff happening back in the late 90s, early 2000s. A number of altercations with assault. Uh, he had a suspended license where he was then caught speeding, got arrested. It's, there were a lot of small things that maybe aren't a huge deal on the surface, but you do, you want, you know, you want your head coach to have a, a good mindset and be able to make the right decisions. Again, it's been 15, 20 years, but it is something that when you're vetting your head coach, you probably want to, you know, think about. I totally agree. And I mean, first of all, guys, I'm sorry because Ryan, Billy and I get the utmost quickest Eagles news from Tom in our group chat is unreal what we get from this dude. And I'm like, wait, what? And I go look on Twitter. I go look on any source social media. I'm like, how does Tom know this shit right now? And it just happens regardless of that. Yeah, you're right. The, the head coaching job right now in Houston is not very sought after, but I believe I said this, that we would go out and get a GM and do some, Sean McVay type of chess move thing. And maybe it's going in like that, but we've all seen what's going on in the news right now. Deshaun is not happy at all in Houston. He went from two to 10, just like Nuke went from two to 10, alluding to the new Hopkins trade. Uh, Deshaun Watson and his agent also went and liked a New York Jets post saying that we got to do whatever to get Deshaun Watson to New York blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of hot stuff going on right now. Tom, like I just took you out of the dryer and you're just hot right now. What do you have right now for us? Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, The hottest thing I got for you is obviously Urban Meyer going into Jacksonville. Uh, You know, most people are pretty confident that Trevor Lawrence is going one overall. I think it's Justin Fields. I think he's going with the Ohio State boy over Trevor Lawrence. That's pretty hot. I mean, it's it's pretty hot, right? But it's not quite as hot as half sauce. Now, half sauce is handcrafted with farm fresh jalapenos and habaneros. Hoff's original half sauce has gone on to win numerous awards and gain international recognition. Hoff and Pepper always strives to create sauces and seasonings that enhance flavors with balanced heat profiles. Every one of their handmade products is manufactured in Chattanooga, Tennessee is naturally vegan and gluten-free. So make sure you guys use code BELLYUP to get 10% off of your order at hoffandpepper.com today. I know I have a whole rack of sauces over here. I got some of their uh, their dust over there. 
It is delicious. I don't know how, how much you guys have tried, but it is delicious, bro. A little bit, and I heard their customer service is pretty good too. It is. We had, uh, you know, if you guys were around for our Christmas show, we did a little giveaway. Scott Davis, he got uh, the four pack from us. Unfortunately, these things happen. Uh, it showed up. Some of the glasses broke in some of the bottles, but we got in touch with Hoff and Pepper. They were able to get them a, a new set out within just a couple of days. I think it was pretty quick. I don't know, Scott, you tell me if it wasn't, but I think it was a pretty impressive turnaround time there. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was extremely quick. Tom, we've already alluded to this a little bit. Take us into this right now, and I'll close it off since I've got so much passion for this team. But right now, guys, before we get into the meat of the things, where do you think Deshaun Watson will play in 2021? There's a lot of landing spots, but Tom, take it off right now. And where do you think he'll play in 2021? I think there's going to be an unpopular opinion. I think he's going to play in Houston. Pinto likes so, that. If you really like that he's worth at least three first-rounders. I've mentioned this multiple times. I need he three for Deshaun. So if you look at the situation in Houston, obviously he's upset with how the GM situation went. I mean, you look at Philadelphia, Carson Wentz is also upset. They're, I think they're similar situations in some ways, I, obviously not identical. Uh, Scott, I don't know about the Raiders. I don't know if they have the capital to go get him. I think that's the biggest issue. Um, but Houston, I, I think that if you're able to, you know, kind of settle him, uh, I think you try and at least get one year out of him to kind of clear out some of the cap space, the, uh, or the dead cap, um, and, and free him up a little bit. Maybe bring in some help for him, get even more value out of him next season. I don't think his value is going to drop any. Um, if he does go somewhere, I'd say Jets just because of the amount of draft capital and cap space that they have. Um, I could see them send, sending a package with Sam Darnold just to kind of give the the Texans some sort of quarterback play for 21 uh, if they were going to move him. Yeah, Ron, what do you think? Man, I have a list of teams that I think make – to me, there's about 29 teams that should probably look at Deshaun Watson. But realistically, Miami makes the most sense. We're all going to talk Miami. Uh, depending on how Houston feels about Tua, you could do Tua and some picks. I like Denver. Drew Locke has not done enough yet for me, and you got all those weapons at receiver. So maybe if Houston likes Drew Locke, I think no matter what you do when you deal Watson, you have got to get a quarterback in return. So I threw in the Colts for the same reasons as Wentz. Maybe they can get Eason and maybe another more pricey guy. They do have cap space, so 
when we have the 49ers because Jimmy G doesn't do anything for me, and that would be a scary team with Deshaun Watson. So would Miami, by the way. Miami would be uh, contending with Buffalo if they just added Watson and replaced him with Tua because they got almost everything else. Um, obviously, the Jets, like you said, how do they feel about Darnold? The Pats, I mean, you know Belichick would love to get his hands on Watson. Uh, that would be a quick gap into the post-Brady era where he would have another elite quarterback for years. The Redskins are a quarterback mess. So what can they do? I don't know. But uh, oh, Excuse me. Wow, I wrote them down. Thank you. The WTF, they're not very good. The Steelers, who's going to be the next quarterback? Because I don't think it's Mason Rudolph. So if the Steelers can maybe move Juju or Deontay or Claypool, maybe some of those defensive guys and then some draft picks, maybe you're looking at Deshaun Watson right there, although they don't get a quarterback. Um, How about the Saints? I understand that they have Taysom Hill. I don't believe he's a quarterback of the future. Jameis Winston might be, but they didn't see enough. But neither one of those guys ever be as good as Deshaun Watson. So if you're the Saints, again, skip right from Breeze right into. And maybe Houston likes Winston or Hill. Maybe he'll like both of them. Although if you take Hill out, that's a weapon. And then the other one, I know Kirk Cousins had a great year, but is he going to be near as good as Watson? Nope. So if you're the Vikings, if you can move Cousins, and if you think in Houston Cousins makes sense as a stopgap to the next guy, you take Cousins, you have a quarterback, move on from there in a year or two. Um, I just don't think Watson can stay because that relationship is so frayed that I can't imagine to be good in the locker room. So if you're Houston, you're finding whoever has the best offer, you make the offer. I, I agree with you, Pinto. Deshaun Watson is worth a ton. I can't even think about players straight up that I would trade for him, like legitimately Mahomes. And they're not going to do it. <laughs> That's what I mean. Who else would you be? Who's a one-for-one trade up? With Watson, Justin Herbert. I, Herbert, good call. Damn, that you, is you, you can cons- you can consider Burrow. I mean, I guess you can consider Burrow just because of the upside. I, I wouldn't going off the ACL though. I think you have trouble. Josh Allen. Damn, Josh Tom, Allen. That's what to think about right there, dude. Damn. Well, Josh Burrow, Allen, guys, if, you have Josh, if you have Josh Allen, you're doing that too, probably. So after what he did this year, guys, he also has a no trade clause, so he has to accept wherever they send him. So that could make this whole Miami. thing more difficult. I know he, you know he wants to go to Miami. Bienvenido, What's going on, John June? Thanks for tuning in, sir. You know you're about to hear Billy the Dragon speak, so tune in, listen up really quickly. Marco says Herbert better than Watson. I'm not so sure about that, man. I mean, I'm a big Mar- Herbert hey, truther. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Marco thinks – Marco's a Dallas Cowboys fan, which is fine. Watson's elite. He's a monster. Yeah, so let's dive into his stats real quick, you guys, just to hear these numbers. If I were to tell you that this was Deshaun Watson or just read you these stats and have you guess who it is, we're talking Aaron Rodgers type guys. This is a dude that threw for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, only seven picks with a 70.2% completion percentage. That's ridiculous. That's incredible numbers. So like we said – Three first-round picks is probably what you're going to need to start the conversation and not get Houston to hang up the phone. So to me, there's only really two landing spots, and Deshaun Watson really wants a contender. So landing spot one, obviously the Jets. They got the number two pick. They've got the number 23 pick from Seattle. And then they also have Seattle's first-round pick in 2022. So that would get the ball rolling. And they also would have Sam Darnold that they could send back 
you know, as a guy that can play now for Houston while they felt out and saw if it's a guy they want to move on with or not. They can invest one of those picks in the quarterback or move Darnold for more collateral, more picks, or even trade some of those picks down and load up if they did think they could work with Sam Darnold. So that's the number one. However, are the Jets contenders? Not with Miami and Buffalo and Belichick scheming to get the Patriots back in business. The Jets are going to be bottom feeders there for a minute, at least a couple, three more years uh, while Soleil gets his systems in place and gets that going. So option number two, we all alluded to it, Miami. They're also another team that have three first-round picks that they could send, and this team doesn't have a whole lot of needs to where Deshaun Watson would want to go there. This is a team that had a tiebreaker. Had things worked out a little bit better, they would have been going to Buffalo instead of the Colts in the playoffs. That far away, 10-win team with an underperforming Tua. So they have the number three pick, which is Houston's pick, getting their own first-round pick right back in this whole ordeal. We've seen these teams make deals before. They have the number 18 pick, their own, and they could send their 2022 first-round pick and Tua so that the Texans could do their own evaluation again, as we I just mentioned with Sam Darnold. So those are really the only two options for me. And Watson, he wants to go to a contender. He's not going to waive that trade clause to go anywhere. So I think Miami is the fit. And if I'm Miami, like we talked about before uh, in our group text, guys, if I'm Miami, I'm calling and saying, what do you need? And I'm just saying, done. It's on the way. We're on the plane. I'm bringing Tua with me. We're leaving him in Houston. And I got a seat for Deshaun on the way back. If Miami makes this happen, Buffalo is getting put on notice that Miami's not going to lay down and let them win this division for a while. So a couple things going on. Obviously, Marco is about to get tore up here in the chat real quick by a couple of people. We'll just let that go on in our chat if you're in our live chat. It's a, it's a pleasure to be in our live chat right now. So two, you know, every all y'all are right. The only – the only places in my mind that can pay for Deshaun Watson right now are Miami and the Jets. I would love to see him in Denver, and I would love to see him in Chicago. Apparently, I became a Chicago Bears fan this year with David Montgomery and Allen Robinson, too, both going over a 1,000 yards this year, being a tandem of wide receiver running back, very elite and very rare in the NFL with a very bad quarterback. Deshaun Watson could go there and have a great career, but we all know that he he likes to wear the cabana the cabana shirts, you know, the Cuban shirts, whatever they're called. Be down in Miami with that salt breeze, Kim Kardashian type stuff. I don't know what he likes to do in his free time, but it's fun, right? Miami seems like the place that he needs to go because Miami can throw Tua, which will be equivalent to a first. Also, their third, which could bring Tua. And I know, Ryan, I'm sorry, Devonta Smith, who reuniting with Tua could start a new lineage in Houston is something that we need, giving away all these big players that we've had. Um, We need to start over, and so maybe Miami is the place because I mentioned we could get Tua, we get the wide receiver, or running back at number three. Shoot, I know DJ's our guy, Billy, but... At number three, Najee, we both been looking at him. Golly, the dude is good. Uh, I did a lot of film study this morning on E.T. He's still my 1.01, but Najee, man, you can't. He's just got the intangibles right now. And then the 18th overall pick, throw throw to an offensive lineman to pair up with Lamley Tunsil, right? Whatever. So 
I think that could definitely happen in Miami. And that's the place that I really would like to see Deshaun at because like Tom mentioned, the no trade clause, Deshaun's got to go someplace that he likes. But before we go into our divisional, our divisional games, guys, and this is where we will get into our stats. We'll get into the nitty gritty of our fantasy stuff for you guys. Cause we're transitioning over to a dynasty podcast where we will be able to give you 24-7 knowledge on all sorts of aspects, not just redraft stuff, but everything fantasy football in general in a one-stop shop. Um, Billy, give a shout-out to some of our new sponsors right now, man, because we got some good ones. Yeah, so we have some great sponsors coming on. We have uh, Spy Optic, going to be joining the crew here. Yeti Coolers, which is also uh, a good one. I'm looking, and we also have Skull Candy, so hopefully you'll see us with some headphones with our new mic setups going on here. So excited to get you guys those links. We'll have them out for you soon and uh, get some live reads going for you and get you a little bit more familiar <laughs> with some of these products that maybe you're not as familiar. But, uh, yeah, check those companies out. Great products, and uh, they're helping your boys out here at Belly Up Fantasy Live. Heck, yeah, man. And the first game of the weekend, guys, the NFC Championship, this game – I don't know if you could say is storied, but it's been storied in our podcast, at least, since Tom and I have been on it, talking about Tom Brady, talking about Aaron Rodgers from the very beginning. And y'all know how I feel about Tom Brady. I'm sure when I get back to it, I'm going to talk about him a little bit more. But the over-under of this game is 51 points. That's huge, right? A lot of scoring going on right now. The eleven or the eleven and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers go into Lambeau Field to face the thirteen and three Green Bay Packers, where Tampa Bay is a plus three and a half underdog. Right, going into Lambeau, not so good. You got the Green Bay offense, who has just been lighting boys up left and right. You got all the accolades for Aaron Rodgers and Adams and even Robert Tunyon, right? the best tight end right now with catches to drops, including Travis Kelsey. Tunyon's got 66 catches, zero drops, better than Kelsey right now. And then you have our guy, right, that we've talked about all year from the UTEP Miners, free Aaron Jones, right? You love him, you like him, you got to respect him. So we'll break this game down, and I'll start with the quarterbacks, right? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I'm going to talk about Tom Brady, obviously. I know, I know. I probably have a fat head in my room about Tom Brady and how, yet again, he's going to be a quarterback who, since his inception in the league, has played in 66% of championship games in his career. That is unheard of. Drew Brees has a record of 256 touchdowns in his career for playoff games. Tom Brady, 250. By the end of this season, Tom Brady will have more because he will have also won a Super Bowl, but had seven touchdowns as well. Tom Brady hosting the Super Bowl this year will bring the Lambeau Trophy back to him, like I called at the very beginning of this season when we found out that Tom Brady would be going to Tampa Bay. And I'm going to shoot it over to talk about quarterbacks to my, you could call him my partner in crime, my arch nemesis. Tom's my boy. Took him right out the dryer. And I know he's going to be hot right now. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Tom, what do you got on these quarterbacks in the NFC Championship game? Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers, no question. Not even close. I Tom love Brady, it. Take, take it. Tom Brady's going to struggle this week. I'm sorry. 
before I get into it too deep, I think a lot of people know I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. He is absolutely the most successful quarterback of all time, but is also not the best of all time. Just want to get that out of the way. But with that being said, you're going into Lambeau in January, likely in the snow from what it what the forecasts are saying, against Aaron Rodgers, who has been playing MVP caliber football. Right? Aaron Rodgers has the third most fantasy points for a quarterback this season. Obviously, fantasy points isn't the be-all, do-all for you know who's the best player. But if you look at who's up there with him, it's Josh Allen, who a lot of people have overlooked him as an MVP candidate, uh, and Patrick Mahomes at number four, the other MVP candidate. Right. So Aaron Rodgers, not going to have an issue here. Uh, when you look at the defenses, Tampa Bay is allowing the 18th most points to quarterbacks. So he's not going to have an issue uh, throwing the ball. They do stop the run. We'll get into running backs later, though. On the other hand, Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Green Bay has the best passing defense in the league. They have the best cornerback. Jalen Ramsey is not the best cornerback in the league. I'm sorry, but statistically, and I test, Jair Alexander is a better cornerback than Jalen Ramsey for 2020. Tom Brady's throwing at least two picks. Ryan, what you got? Aaron Rodgers is MVP. Um, I, this has nothing to do with Brady, who has been excellent beyond my expectations. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is I'm not, you're right. I'm not dogging on Brady is what I meant to say. Brady is not, this is nothing against him. This is just the fact that the best player in the league this year, the best quarterback in the league this year is Aaron Rodgers. I haven't seen anything like what he's doing as far as the zoning in with Adams and the successful zoning in with Adams. I think I brought this up before. I just have never seen a receiver get fed like this. Mike, uh, Michael Thomas was getting the target share, but I mean, he was doing the dinky and dunkies. What? Uh, wow, brain fart. Uh, Devontae Adams is getting the ball all over the field, all the game, the whole defense knows, and they still can't stop him. So for me, there's nothing they're going to be able to do about Devontae. Uh, Rogers is going to pick him apart with him. That's going to give open up things for Lazard, open up things for MVS, open up things for Tanyan, open up things for Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon. I mean, we all are kind of excited. About- Don't worry, we'll get into those guys. Whoops, sorry, we're in QBs right now. <laughs> Jumped ahead. Look, Rodgers is the surgeon, Brady is the surgeon. This is a better game than the Breeze and Brady matchup last week when you talk about guys who are still doing it at a high level. These are the two 
elder statesmen in the elite category. So to me, this is going to be insanity. I expect a huge game from Rodgers, Tampa. I don't like the whole rest of the season defensively and stuff. I don't know if you can actually take that into the postseason and think it's going to actually matter because offenses are fully wide open. Teams aren't hiding stuff. There's nothing that they got to keep secret. They're unleashing the full arsenal. And when I watched the Packers last week, I just thought nobody except a juiced up Kansas City team is going to beat this team if they're right. So I'm liking Rodgers this week. And I'm using him in DraftKings. Real quick, you made the comment that they're like surgeons, which I think is accurate. But Brady is with a scalpel and makes mistakes sometimes, at least at this point yeah. in his career. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is flawless with a freaking chainsaw, the way yeah. he's playing this year. He's got lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, what do you think about the QBs, brother? Oh, you know, we're looking at two of the greats. And my, my first thought looking at this game and studying today was damn. How are we just now, this far down the road, seeing a Brady and Aaron Rodgers postseason matchup? We've been robbed of getting to see these guys play, you know, never getting to pair up in a Super Bowl, being in the opposite conferences. So what a treat that we're going to have, two of the greatest to ever do it. And you can make an argument for either one. But when I look at Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's the MVP. That doesn't necessarily bode well for your postseason success and history here uh, in the NFL. So that's one thing to take into consideration. Not saying that if anybody were to break that trend, it would be Aaron Rodgers. However, Tom Brady, this guy's stats in the playoffs are incredible. 32 and 11 in his career in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, not nearly as, as impressive, but hey, you know, it is what it is. He, he's, he's been fine too, but he's 11 and 8. Now, let's take this into consideration going into Lambeau Field. Typically, that's a home field advantage because of the cold, the snow, the weather. So what have you, if there's one man alive that none of that matters to, it's Tom Brady. New England has a similar uh, similar uh, weather this time of year, and he's won in all these types of environments himself. <clears throat> Not to mention the throttling that uh, Green Bay got from these guys earlier in the season. They jumped on him early, 10-0 in the first quarter, and got outscored 38 to nothing the rest of the game. So I just feel like in this scenario – the home field advantage isn't as great as it typically typically is for uh, Green Bay on their home field with Brady leading the troops in the Lambeau. You know, that's – I'm just so sorry, guys, that I'm such a Brady homer right now. And, Tom, before you take this to running backs right now, guys, I want you all to know real quick. Tom Brady, when everyone said that he couldn't do it this year without Belichick – that it was the division, it was the system. Tom Brady came out and did it. If y'all remember in 2017, the ninja himself out of the Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman said, Tom Brady got the easiest path to the Super Bowl. If he was in our division, he couldn't do it. Well, let me tell you this, guys. In a season where we didn't have OTAs, a season where we didn't have a preseason, in a season where these guys couldn't practice, except for Tom Brady and Antonio Brown who lived together, right? Tom Brady did it. He's the absolute goat. Yes, Ryan. Let's stop being impressed that Tom Brady went to an offense with two wide receiver ones and then signed another wide receiver one and maybe the greatest tight end of all time with an offensive coordinator slash head coach who has been one of the most prolific offenses in the history of NFL. And then for Brady to come in, yeah, he's going to struggle in the beginning, but I could throw 25 touchdowns to those three, those seven guys. 
all they have. So, like, yes, what Brady has done is impressive, but Jameis threw 30-plus. Like, okay. Okay, so Brady's a little bit better than Jameis. Is that really what we're talking about now? Being okay, a little better you, than Let me Jameis. ask you this, Ryan. Would you say that Josh Allen is probably one of your favorite quarterbacks and most explosive guy in the league to watch? I would say that, yeah, he's he's exciting. Okay. He has 20 bomb passes of 20 yards or more in the league right now, which is number two in the league. You know who's number one? I'm guessing Brady. Tom Brady with 22, baby. Well, yeah, you have he all those wide receiver ones. receivers. Yeah. Like, just give you the wide receiver ones the ball. Look okay. what Rodgers is so, doing with Adams. Here we go. Are we going to talk about this right now? We're going to talk about Brady's we're going to talk about Brady's competition at DBs right now. You're going to talk about Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints defense. You're going to talk about Todd Bowles' defense, who is shutting down the Saints, apparently, before Brady. Right? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. So here's the thing. Right here. want, so if you want to go into that, that's perfectly fine. But we're talking we're about Marshawn Lattimore. Tampa Bay's defense prior to Brady. What do you want? What do you want? You want New Orleans defensive? You want who, what defense do you want before Brady compared to with Brady? So what I'm looking at is the fact that if you want to say that you're talking about Marshawn Lattimore shutting down people, that's good and fine. He shuts down your number one receiver. Absolutely. The issue is that now you're talking about Janoris Jenkins against another number one receiver. And then – Ken Crawley or Patrick Robinson against Antonio Brown, who, yes, he's not the number one receiver he used to be, but a number How does Mike Evans not catch a touchdown against Marshawn Lattimore until Tom Brady? How does Godwin have worse uh, numbers with Brady than he did with Jameis Winston? Godwin had surgery, brother. Come on. He didn't even play the full season. He can't Fair. catch what did he ball and hit him in the hand when Tom Brady hits him in the end zone and he's got a half a step on the DB. Get out of here. What Watch happens it. when he throws it 15 yards ahead of, above his head, though? Is that Guadalupe's fault, too? His fingers aren't long enough? Well, it hits It hits an NFL-paid wide receiver in the fingers. He gets so paid. what I'm hey, saying hey, is Nelson Aguilar is an NFL-paid wide receiver. and we That's saw true. So is Deontay Johnson. <laughs> But hey, Aguilar fixed that problem. Watch him in Oak there in Las Vegas. He had a pretty oh, good year. Oh, I know. Hundred hundred balls yeah. a day on the jug machine. Get that hey, yeah, man. Apparently that's what it takes. Look, I ain't dogging on Brady. I'm just saying take the the stuff two inches out of your mouth so you can breathe. I can't. I've been on okay, Brady. Follow it then. <laughs> Everyone knows about me and Brady. Marco will tell you <laughs> that I will take Tom Brady over the Houston Texans. All right. Well, on that note, Chris, I think we got to move to running backs. I mean, oh yeah, we're at forty minutes. Shit. Yeah, man. So obviously, <laughs> this game... all right. So this game, uh, obviously, Green Bay. You got Aaron Jones and Saquon's two point in AJ Dillon. Uh, I think we can all agree that that's a fitting name for him. His quads are very, very close to Saquon level. Um, they're going to struggle to me. Um, they've been doing fantastic this year. I think AJ Dillon's going to have the worst game out of the two, uh, simply because Tampa Bay is shutting down the run on the least points to running backs this year. Uh, albeit that's regular season. Like we said, 
you take it with a grain of salt in the postseason here. Um, but AJ Dillon is not a receiving back. He doesn't do it. Uh, he had, I think, uh, it was like twenty recep- uh, less than twenty receptions in college, uh, and then this whole year he has one, one reception this year. So not impressive. So I think he'll be, you know, ground and pound. If you're playing in daily fantasy, you have to rely on a touchdown for him in a, a goal line scenario. Um, but that's by no means a guarantee. Aaron Jones might get some touches out of the backfield just simply in, in a receiving standpoint, though. Uh, on the other side, Fournette and Rojo. Um, I'm bigger on Fournette than I am Rojo. I love Rojo, but I think that they just they siphon off too many touches from either one. Um, but with that being said, Green Bay does allow a lot of points to rain back, six most in the regular season. So I, I think that you could see a pretty solid game here from uh, Fournette and Rojo. Uh, I think that if it is snowing, you're going to see these guys touching the ball a lot. Uh, Brady... I know we talked about he he played in New England for years. Doesn't mean he loves to throw it, especially at forty eight million years old. Uh, I think he's in the you know prehistoric ages here, but um, I think that they might use these guys to run the ball, keep the ball out of Rogers' hand, and try and run clock. Ryan, what do you think? Well, I think they're going to try, but I don't think they're going to be able to because they're going to get behind, in my opinion. And once they get behind, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to run when you're getting blitzed every time that the Packers have the ball. So for me, I do still like Fournette with the pass game option that he has. He also seems to have kind of taken over since Jones is out. Uh, So that'll be the exposure I want from that side. On the other side, Dak Gummett, I like all three of those running backs in some way or another. Like Aaron Jones is obviously the duh. Uh, you go with that guy because he's going to get the most touches. Then you got A.J. Dillon, and I'm starting to be concerned that they may bring him in in the goal line, and he'll start vulturing the the touches. And then, again, Jamal Williams on the other side vultures some of those catches from Jones. If you took Dillon and Williams out, you'd have an RB1 in Jones just based off of putting all those guys' production into Aaron Jones. Um, But really, I really like Aaron Jones, and I think I'm going to take a flyer on Dillon and, and, and or Williams in my DFS. Same with the Fournette. Uh, but this is a tough uh, – this whole weekend is tough on running backs for me because the Dagum Bucks can – it's very difficult to run against the Bucks. So if you're – I mean, Aaron Jones is talented enough too, but I just think it's going to be easier, and I know this seems slightly kind of intuitive, but I think Rodgers is just going to tear him up through the air. They're going to run late in the game, which is why A.J. Dillon might be very valuable – but for me, none of these running backs are really, really doing it for me. None of the running backs this weekend really do it for me. I'm expecting really high-scoring games, lots of air rating. So for me, staying away from the running backs. Billy, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Aaron Jones did not play well against this Buccaneers team. Ten carries for 15 yards last time we saw. He had a one-yard touchdown in the first quarter. But like I said, that was about it. Uh, Jamal Williams was a leading rusher with four carries for 34 yards, and one of those runs he had a – Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> Brett Hiller, good friend of mine. What's up, Brett? Thanks for tuning in, man. Uh, yeah, we do need a beer sponsor. We got to get that in the works. But uh, this is a bad matchup for both running backs. Uh, like like Ryan said, Leonard Fournette and Rojo, they kind of take a chip off the block for each other. But nobody's done that much against the Buccaneers. They've only get allowed one 100-yard rushing game to Dalvin Cook, uh, kind of middle-late portion of the year there. So, you know, Aaron Jones, I don't expect him to do a lot, and they're going to need their running game to keep Brady off the field with all those receivers you guys were mentioning uh, earlier in your banter there back and forth. 
So Leonard Fournette, to me, looks a little bit more spry, a little more in shape than we've seen him recently. I think he's kind of trying to uh, do what he needs to do to take this job over as Rojo kind of is starting to kind of be more of a fade. But Rojo does come in and give them a little bit of burst on the offense. You'll see him kind of make the bigger run uh, that uh, maybe they don't get out of Fournette and a little bit of the receiving threat. Uh, Fournette was getting open last week on a couple of flat routes that Brady was trying to hit uh, Gronk on slants across the middle when they got in the red zone. So, you know, look for some of that to get cleaned up. Fournette could be in for a big day if they get him into uh, the passing game. But uh, I do not like this matchup for any of the, the Green Bay running backs simply because of what Tampa Bay has done against running backs all year long. Like I said, one 100-yard day to the man himself, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. Oh God! It happened again. <laughs> yeah, wow, too. Yeah, yeah it, was, it actually happened before both of y'all came on, and it was just me and Billy, and it happened with me and Billy. So <laughs> this is not actually second time it happened today. I was froze for a second trying to figure out why is there no noise? What's happening here? Hold on. What am I missing? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, first of all, what I mentioned earlier was Billy hit it on the head. And then obviously both of y'all were talking about the Tampa Bay defense. Excuse me. This Tampa Bay defense in the playoffs alone has been playing lights out. Out of the top 87 defensive players, you got, Number four, number 13, number 19, number tw- two tied for 20, a 45, two tied for 62, and then JPP bringing in at 87 off of playoffs alone. With the big proponent of these guys being. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey, guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, Whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. In the secondary, what they did to the Saints, obviously, and Michael Thomas shutting Slant Boy down 0 for 5, right? You got Levante David, you got Winfield, you got Dean, you got Carlton Davis, boy, who has been playing pretty well. uh, Or Carlton David, I'm sorry. And then Sean Murphy Bunting, man, the interception that just sealed it. You got Sue, you got Minter, and obviously, like I mentioned, JPP. But here's a guy, Levante David, man, number four. On ESPN's uh, top 50 defensive players for the playoffs, right? So I'm only looking at playoff stats because that's all I want to know. I want to know how hard this guy is doing it for me. Levante David, 14 tackles in one game, one interception. I mean, the dude is having a monster playoff season by himself. But then he's got the backup with the secondary with all these other five guys, excluding – you know, 
what's his name? Um, Cockrell, who let the touchdown happen on him. But you got these other guys who are really, really good. So I like the defense right here, right, Billy? Um, and that's pretty much what I'm going to say about this, right? And we'll move on to wide receivers. And in wide receivers in this game, Ryan's already touched on it. You got so many wide receivers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who should be number one guys, right? You got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Antonio Brown, and even you got Tom Brady's favorite, Scotty Miller, right? Um, Number one guy really is the Cameron Brady. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. On the opposite side, though, you got Devontae Adams, MBS, Alan Lazard. You have no one who... Green Bay drafted for Aaron Rodgers. You just decided to keep your star quarterback with his same offensive weapons, doing the same things over and over and over, kind of like bread and butter, like clockwork, especially when no one else has OTAs, no one else has anything else. So everything like that kind of doesn't matter because you just, it's muscle memory, right? For Aaron Rodgers and his wide receivers, but we'll talk about that later. We'll just ignore that fact. So Devontae Adams is doing things unreal. You know, he's going to score. You know Aaron's going to throw it to him, and yet he does it every week. Same thing with Michael Thomas. Same thing with AK. This defense in Tampa Bay is not going to be able to stop Devontae Adams, that's for sure. Devontae Adams is going to score at least – I mean, he's going to put up at least 100 yards. Don't put the don't put the three up, Ryan. Let's go two. I, I put four up. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'll say I'll say I will go over under two four right whatever we'll call it three in the middle. I'll go with two, bro. I'm just being okay, silly. I'll go two. We'll go two. Devontae Adams will score twice at least on this defense, but it's going to be sticky. Um, I don't think anyone else is going to score. Aaron Rod or Aaron uh, Jones is going to have a hard time. Um, Tom, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, Carlton Davis been playing good ball, but it here's the thing with Tampa: they have a bunch of like low-end, like, number one, high-end, number two cornerbacks. Like, they're they're not great, right? Um, Sean Murphy bunting beat up, too. I think you see uh, Adam scoring, like you said, at least twice here easily. Um, we'll get into tight end because that's a whole other story. Um, I think MVS, you know, and Lazard both just take enough pressure off of uh, Adams, even though they're – I don't think they're that great, but being paired with, you know, Aaron Rodgers raises the level of play and it scares defenses just enough. Like you don't have to be that good to be, you know, scary. If you're on Aaron Rodgers team, it's almost like that chiefs you know mentality where it's like everyone on that team is scary to you because it's the chiefs. So uh, I don't think MVS or Lazard is like a, a massive fantasy play. You know, they could be, but it, you don't want to go into the week expecting or hoping for it. It's more just something that's a flyer and it happens to work. Um, on the other side of the ball, I always hate when you have this many guys that you know could get the ball. Like we're talking about four guys just at receiver. We're not even talking about running back or tight end right now. I hate putting my ball in somebody's court there. If I had to pick one, it's Godwin. Uh, I think that they're going to try and focus a lot on Evans uh, with Jair there, try and shut him down. I think Antonio Brown and Miller, they're going to work with other guys. That's Godwin's the one that could, you know, kind of find a hole and, you know, make something happen. Like I said, I, I don't like picking one, but if I had to, that's the guy, Ryan. I'm, uh, are we moving to tight ends? Receiver. 
I already did. Oh, no, I didn't do wide receiver. Did we change the order? Ends on the mind, though. It's okay. It's okay. The order looks, I'm sorry, the order looks weird on the screen. So I was just. I know we did a little bit different this week. We did a little bit different. I I was trying to change it up. We'll go back. off just a tiny bit. No, that's okay. I'll be ready next week. I'm already ready, ready. So let's talk about wide receivers. So there's most of the stuff that I would say um, is the stuff y'all have already said. Uh, like Tom said, I'm, I'm favoring Godwin just because I know, Chris, you were right about the drops and everything, but I think Godwin has been his most dependable receiver as far as consistency goes outside of the – like you said, there's those outliers. But Evans is going to get the CB1. Brown disappeared last week, and I don't know how healthy he is. On the other side, Adams has a lot – you have got to play Devontae Adams – in every fantasy, uh, daily fantasy thing you do, or you will not win. You will not win if you don't play Adams. I, I just don't see how the, anybody can stop them. Uh, their DBs are a little slow. I think that, that's, that would be their weakness from eliteness is they, they have problems like Tyreek shreds cornerbacks like this. So I think that Adams may have a, a big day just because, I mean, that guy just gets open. I also like MVS and Lazard, but I have a hard time pinning down which one of those guys is the one I want because one of them is going to score, right? I don't know which one. I think it's going to be Lazard. He's kind of slowly but surely taken over what he had before he got injured with that wide receiver two. Yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. I, I, MVS has gotten me too many times, and then when I don't play him, he gets 100 and a touchdown, and it gets on my nerves. So – I'm going to go with Lazard as like a flex option slash wide receiver three in DFS. I'll go with Adams as a lock as my wide receiver one in every single lineup I do this weekend. I am not not playing Devontae Adams. And then Godwin is going to be, depending on how much money I have in my budget, uh, Godwin's going to be a guy I try to get into my lineups if I can. But no way am I missing on Devontae Adams. And there's a, another guy later on we'll talk about that I really want in. But for me, Devontae Adams is how I'm starting every single DFS lineup that I'm doing this week. And I feel like if you don't, you cannot win. So you got to go with Devontae Adams. I'm with that. I'm with that for sure. Yeah, I agree. Devontae Adams is playing just, it just he's having one of those stretches where you know he's going to dominate. Doesn't matter who's guarding him, doesn't matter what they want to do. He's just in a league of his own right now at the wide receiver position. And Aaron Rodgers, knowing that, feeds him the ball puts him in a great position. And this, the passing game that, you know, stuff they're doing with him is really good too. It's not like a Michael Thomas situation where, you know, he can hold you off and he's just catching the ball, running slants on a lot of short routes. Like you said, Ryan, he's doing everything. He's running every route. He's moving in motion. They're, they're being creative with him because they know he's untouchable right now. So they're just playing to that strength. It's kind of like the guy on your basketball team that's just hot. You just get him the ball and just let him shoot until he can't make it anymore. That's where Devontae Adams is right now. MVS for me is kind of that perfect complement to Devontae Adams being a big dog, Lazard being another big body, and MVS is kind of that speed guy that gets deep if you make a mistake. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to make that mistake. A lot of Winfield Jr. Uh, you know, will be over the top of him, preventing that big play, being smart and not allowing that big play. He's kind of that guy for this offense. But I really like Alan Lazard, Iowa State Cyclone, six foot five, two hundred thirty pound, big body, five star recruit, wide receiver. This guy's a really good player, and we've seen him slowly, slowly getting worked back into this offense. Like you said, right at the beginning of the year, this guy looked like he was going to be a really, really big deal. And unfortunately, missed a lot of time. And they've been pretty slow about tapering him back into this game plan. And you saw last week they kind of leaned on him a little bit when everybody started paying a lot of attention to Devontae and picking up that you know they were really just feeding him. So. 
I really like this receiving core. I don't. I'm a. I'm an MVS guy. I love those deep threat McCole Hardman type of dudes. I, I like that guy a lot. I just don't know if he's going to get one in this particular matchup on this stage. What do you got, Chris? So real quick, shout out to Stella Artois. Also, this guy, Devontae Adams, that we've been hyping up, right? PFF has him as a rank of 142.8 right now. Number one wide receiver in the league. That's phenomenal. I'm not sure it's close. And, you know, give me all the ratings you want. But if you're using your eyeball test and you're just watching the game, the guy stands out. Even if you're not a, a football savant or watch it any more than just, you know, hey, I'm interested in some football sit down and watch the game, he pops on the screen because of everything he can do. Footwork's amazing. This guy's getting off the line and press coverage without D-backs even getting hands on him, for Christ's sake. I mean, he's just doing it on a different level right now. And Rodgers knows it, and they're toying with all these defensive backs. And every time they don't double cover him, guaranteed the ball is going that way, and there's nothing you can do about it. He missed games, and he was still the most dominant receiver in the league. 18 tutties. I mean, he... It's crazy. He had a crazy year. Tell us, Chris. Except when he PFF'd ranked for a 37.9 against a guy that we talked about. A guy that's pretty good. A guy that's a top 10 DB in the league that shut him down for three catches and 33 yards. His old boy doing the Carlton swing, Carlton Davis. Shut wow. him down in week six for three six yards. And, or for three catches and 33 yards. Yes, yes, that's a stat. Also, here we go with, oh, Carlton Davis, since 2018, is tied for number one overall in forced incompletions and interceptions. We're about to see good versus good this weekend, boys. And we're about to see it light up. I want to... I want to watch this game live with y'all. I wish we had a studio that we could all watch this live together in because it's going to be fireworks between the secondary of Tampa Bay and Devontae Adams, boy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. But, oh, I was going to go straight to tight ends, but go ahead, Tom. A real quick question for you. How good do you think Jalen Ramsey is? I know I mentioned him earlier, but how, how good do you think he is really? Jalen Ramsey's great. But let's not mistake that Green Bay did some things that put Jalen Ramsey in a really hard spot to handle Devontae Adams the way they were trying to guard him. Man-to-man, you move Devontae Adams in motion, that, that, that man-to-man goes out the window quick. So why wouldn't they do that against Tampa Bay? They may. Tampa Bay's smart. Tom Brady. Wait, nah, you think yeah. that Tampa Bay's defense is smarter and better than uh, L.A.'s defense? Because I don't. Because last I, looked, last I looked last week against the Rams and specifically Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams went nine receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. Also, the Rams had – okay, obviously this is going to be skewed because you Jalen Ramsey always says he's man up, right? Jalen Ramsey is pretty much not man up against Devontae Adams. There's always two or three help with him. The same oh, – Wait, Jalen Ramsey needs help to cover Devontae Adams? Yes. Everyone needs help to cover, to cover Devontae Adams. That's true. Oh, so he must I'm not be that good. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I'm saying Tampa Bay's secondary as a whole, five, wait, one, two, three, four, five, 
six of these guys are in the top 62. They play as a unit. Todd Bowles, come on, baby. They're going to get beat as a unit. Yeah, we'll see about that. Everyone <laughs> the unit. They're going to lose as a unit. I will keep on riding them to the Super Bowl. I'm going to shoot these cannons so hard at the end of the year. But Billy, Ryan, look, one of you guys – Take over for tight end you right now because we got three tight ends that we really need to talk about, and all three of them are extremely good. Um, one being probably the best tight end to play the game in this past decade. Robert Tanyan. And then a new guy, Bobby Tanyan. Yeah, I'm going to call Robert Tanyan the X factor in this game. We talked about all the wide receivers. Everybody's going to be you know playing smart and not let MVS get deep. We're going to make sure that we got a guy on Lazard because we know the threat that he really is, even though maybe his impact hasn't been there on the stat sheet. And Devontae Adams is balling out of control on his own level right now. Robert Tanyan, 11 touchdowns during the regular season. Uh, I believe that was tied with uh, Kelsey for most of the league from the tight end position. And this this guy has really come along. He had more touchdowns this year than he had receptions in the year before. So the development is there. The confidence is obviously there from Aaron Rodgers. I really like Robert Tanyan. And on the other side of the ball, Gronk, he's you know, one of the best to ever do it. But I will say, him and Brady have not been connecting on a lot of the things that we typically see them do. Just off Gronk's fingertips, Gronk looks like he's a little bit slow getting to those spots once in a while. But I'll tell you a guy I really like going into next year, fantasy guys, Cameron Brate is going to be a huge value at tight end. This guy's a baller. He's a stud. He's a really, really, really good player. Unfortunately, Gronk being there kind of derailed his breakout uh, you know, opportunity with Brady at the tight end position. But Cameron Brate is a really, really good player. I look forward to him getting some opportunity in this game. And we've seen the Bucks kind of throw him in there in, in late-game situations when they need an extra guy and maybe Gronk isn't getting it done or, or they're not connecting. We've seen Brate make some really nice catches uh, over the middle. So I, I think Cameron Brate and Robert Tanyan – uh, Robert Tony especially is the X back in this game for the for uh, Green Bay's offense. Cameron Brake could be that guy on the opposite side of the ball for Tampa Bay as well. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, is the word dictionary in the dictionary? If so, it probably says something like dictionary, noun. A dictionary is the word you're reading now and the pages they were printed on. Basically, this thing you're looking at right now that you're holding, reading words from, it's a dictionary. As in, hey, look at me. I'm holding a dictionary in my hands as I read the definition of dictionary. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Is Ryan on mute right now? Oh, is it me? I'm sorry. I don't see the order. I got it. I don't either. The order is not. All right. Tight ends. Okay. The only thing I wanted to add about what you were saying, Billy, is I like Bright too. And I actually wrote an article about how I thought Bright was going to be the benefactor this year. But I'm really excited for OJ Howard to come back. I really think he's going to be the guy that benefits the most just based off of his athleticism. I still think you see Brait in a similar role as this year, albeit a little bit more volume because Gronk is in there so often on the run blocking plays and stuff. 
So for me, I like Brait a little bit more next year, but I still think O.J. Howard's the guy I want. Back to the game, though. Gronk is going to sneak a touchdown in. I don't know if he's going to have a big game, but he's going to get one of those goal line touchdowns that Gronk does. Uh, Brait might have the huge game. But the guy I'm looking at is on the other side, Robert Tanyan. The only reason I say that, because I know that they might have some speedy linebackers covering him, really a team that might have uh, linebackers capable to do so. But those guys are going to be keeping two, three eyes on – three eyes, I don't know how they're doing that – on Devontae Adams, on Lazard and MVS streaking deep. Tanyan's going to tear them up underneath – especially if they can run the ball, which I suspect they're going to find a way to do, or maybe with a screen game or those little dink and dunks to create a faux run game. Maybe they can do that to create that run game to get those deep shots. And once they do Tanya at 15 to 17, right up in there in the middle. Okay. How can you give safety help on top with Adams or an MBS streak and then still have a guy intermediate for Tanya and Rogers is going to see it every time. So while I don't particularly like the matchup this much this week for Tanya, he also, I think that Gronk and Tanyan both are almost are guaranteed a score at least. So I like all the tight, I like all the tight ends of both these games. I've, I've been struggling real hard with how to do my DFS with this, but uh, I'll go over what I decided in the long run later. Okay, Tom, what are you thinking? We got it, the order now. Hey, we figured out the order here. Um, as far as order for tight ends here, I mean Tanyan that. That was kind of one of the things I was thinking earlier as we started talking about the running backs and receivers is with Green Bay's receiving core, obviously it's Adams, that's the guy. Like you guys said, you have MVS to go deep. Tanyan is kind of the odd man out. I think when it comes to Tampa Bay's defensive scheme, they're going to be trying to protect against these receivers while also ensuring that they stop the run as well because here's the thing. Okay, yes, they could stop Devontae Adams, MVS, Robert Tanyan, and uh, Lazard. But then Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to run for 400 yards on them. Like it, There's a very fine balance against the Packers. They're a very well-balanced team between the run and the pass here. Could they use a little bit better second receiver? Sure. But it, without going there, this is a very well-balanced team. I think Tanyan is going to be the guy that really succeeds due to what I anticipate Tampa Bay's matchups being here. Um, so anticipate him having a big game. Gronk and Bright. Y'all know I'm not huge on Gronk. Not this year. Like, he, don't get me wrong, great tight end. He has been fantastic his whole career, and he's still good this year. But I think that, you know, again, when you're focused on who you're going to stop, if Gronk is out there versus Cameron Bray, if you're in a two tight end set, I'm more worried about Gronk. Probably it might not be the right thing to do even at this point because Cameron Bray is a very good tight end. So it might not be the right thing to focus just on one or the other, but generally from what we've seen, if you have two guys out there, it's Gronk is the one that everyone's looking at. You know, it's the name, it's name recognition. So. I would see Bray having a little bit bigger game than Gronk uh, just because, again, as we've seen throughout the year, you, you have so many guys to match up against, and I think Gronk will be the one that they try and, and uh, shut down a little bit here. Or do you want to go first, Chris? Go ahead, Ryan. This is My thought, dude, baby. The thing about Gronk, yeah, and this is a little bit tangent, but the thing about Gronk, and this is what I'm trying to find, that magic mystical, that George Kittle, that guy can play 100% of the snaps and be extremely effective in both the run game and the pass game. 
when you look at tight ends now, they're more like glorified receivers, but that is not a receiver. That, that is a lineman that can run. That is a lineman that can run and catch. He runs people over. So Gronk might have the biggest impact on this game, just not might not be fantasy-wise. If he if if Tampa Bay can run, it's going to be because of Gronk. It's uh, th- like th- having a sixth lineman like that that can go past cast patches, cast patches, pass catches is remarkable. So again, Gronk might have the biggest impact on this game out of all the tight ends, but he might have the worst fantasy day. And even w- kind of leading off of that, it might be a big fantasy game outside of the run game, even because again, depending on how Tampa matches up. They could try and shut him down and leave one of these four wide receivers or running back out of the backfield open and open up the passing game for them. It, it really, I like I said, I think that when you get into this game, it's going to get into some name recognition, and the guys like you know Cameron Brait, Scotty Miller, could benefit from that. They could yeah, be. No, I mean, so far, names like Scotty Miller and Cameron Brait have been ascending in the playoffs. Scotty Miller right now, in two games, has forty-four yards uh more than most wide receivers on the team but here goes cameron Braid, eight receptions on 11 targets to six gronk targets gronk has 14 yards 130 cameron Braid yards in the postseason cameron Braid has been there for brady uh as the open guy because as we mentioned gronk has been the name brand guy right you gotta you gotta you gotta cover gronk if you're not covering gronk what are you doing on the defense and then you look at Tampa Bay's defense real quick because we mentioned Robert Tunyon, who is, in my mind, I mean, we saw if, if, if you didn't watch the breakout game by Robert Tunyon when he had three touchdowns, they broke it down during that game where the dude is George Kittle's homeboy. They practiced together. They camped together. They summered together. And from all aspects, Robert Tunyon looks – like George Kittle and plays like George Kittle, that hard-nosed tight end guy that you want um, and that can do it for you in that Green Bay defense where Aaron Rodgers has suspect weapons outside of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Robert Tunyon, though, will be going up against some pretty good linebackers. Um, Yes, they will have eyes on the big names of Devontae Adams, uh, but you got Levante David, right? You also have Devin White, and then also Kevin Minter, who barely makes the cusp at 62. But Devin White and Levante David, David together have over 30 tackles in the postseason, along with three intercept sorry, two interceptions. Uh, you throw in Kevin Minter in there, and he's got six tackles for losses as well. These guys are playing up against the line. I might have just thrown Kevin Minter's name into there because he's the weak side linebacker, but you got Devin White and Levante David, and I think these guys are going to handle Robert Tunyon pretty well. Um, But like I mentioned, Devontae Adams scoring all day. So that's my two cents in the tight end position. I really feel like Robert Tunyon is key for the – if the run game is struggling for Green Bay uh, as per their last matchup, Robert Tunyon is going to be that guy where we're throwing those five- and seven-yard plays on the – second and third and long, kind of that extension of the run game that we alluded to earlier. I feel like that's going to be his role. And and when you're in those positions, it's a body game. Can I get position? Can I hold the guy off? Can I make the catch in traffic? And Robert Tanyan has really shown that he is very capable of doing all that, especially in the red zone. This is going to be a masterpiece by Brady and Rodgers because neither team's running game is going to be too dominant like we would typically see in a playoff matchup. But both quarterbacks are healthy. 
and well-equipped to do everything they need to do. Uh, this might be a who-gets-the-ball-last kind of situation. Unfortunately, one of these guys is going home, but it's going to be a masterpiece of a playoff game by two of the greatest we've ever seen. For sure. We'll just have to see how these defensive how these defensive battles uh, kind of take off. Let's kind of move on right now. Let me get to this banner real quick because we're going to move on to the AFC Championship, right, guys? We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas, the the World or the uh, the Super Bowl Championship defending World Champions, I guess, Kansas City Chiefs, right? Patrick Mahomes today has come out and said, or the Chiefs has come out and said, Patrick Mahomes had a full practice. He will play uh, in this game, right? Well, you got Buffalo who I've, I don't know if it was one of you guys that was telling me about Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs that I should be watching out for. I don't know if it was you guys. It was someone else. I don't remember, but apparently he's really good. Maybe you guys can tell me a little bit about that on the opposite side of that though, Kansas city. We know about Travis Kelsey. We know about Tyreek. We know about Patty Mahomes. Um, there's really not much more you can talk about Kansas city because they're just so, phenomenal we're actually going to talk about like their coaching staff right now and where they're going to go um on the buffalo side right in the quarterbacks obviously right now josh allen josh allen let me pull him up real quick i was on tight ends i'm pretty sure josh allen's the quarterback one quarterback one in ppr formatting right now uh over 17 weeks obviously not in the postseason um in the postseason he actually ranked where is he at Number two, number two. So number two in the postseason right now. Um, extremely good, obviously, with what Brian DeBowles is doing with their offense. Uh, Josh Allen's completion percentage has obviously exceeded expectations to what is he to what he's had, and that's why he's ascended to greatness. But also Stefan Diggs, obviously, right? On the opposite side, Patrick Mahomes, not too much to talk about on that side. Tom, um, elaborate some more on what I've talked about a little bit about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so going into this game, obviously the biggest question is Patrick Mahomes. If you watched the game last week, you saw him kind of get yanked down. A couple kind of conflicting reports came out. Some were saying concussion. Some were saying nerve, in, you know, like a nerve uh, issue in his neck. Um, yeah, from what I was seeing and what I was reading, kind of the most likely thing that made sense to me at least uh, was concussion – but it wasn't from, you know, when we watched the play, we were waiting to see, did his head slam the ground? Would it, when he got pulled down, the head tilts back, and then immediately gets pulled forward very quickly. It's that quick movement that can cause a concussion. I don't know about you guys. I've had them before. They're not a good time. Could he get cleared this week? It's possible. But if he's not cleared, while anything is possible, I don't trust Chad Henney. If Mahomes is cleared and playing, uh, I am into him. I think that this is, you know, the Chiefs game to lose. But with that being said, Josh Allen is a quarterback that could win that game. He could, he could make the Chiefs lose because he's that good. Like I said earlier, Josh Allen is, you know, one of those guys that really an underrated quarterback this year, I think. Uh, even though most people have him as a top-tier quarterback, really he's MVP caliber. This year alone, I mean, the guy, 4,500 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a 69.2% completion percentage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? 
That's good, right? I mean, that's good. So here's the thing, though. Like, no one told me about this guy this season, right? What's that? <laughs> I had him ranked real high. Yeah, y'all I mean, did. I, mean, I didn't know. Way up there. Yeah, even I didn't know. But it, the the big difference is it's the ascension, right? You look at his first three years here, his rookie year, 52.8%. So like just rounding the numbers here, 53% completion percentage his rookie year, 59 his uh, sophomore year, and now third year in 69.2. I mean, that is incredible advances in your accuracy, which was his biggest question coming out of college. And if he has solved that, he is going to be a generational quarterback for years to come. And they can build around him. I mean, this is a guy that's a team player. Stephon Diggs, a lot of people thought was a cancer in the locker room. He and Josh Allen are best friends. They love each other, right? These guys both already Antonio Brown type thing, but sure, whatever. They're good. He's a great athlete. <laughs> I think that there's a little different argument for Antonio Brown versus <laughs> Stephon Diggs about what makes them bad for a locker room. Right now, keep it moving. We'll, we'll skip it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as this game goes, uh, I think Josh Allen could have the bigger game, assuming Mahomes is in, uh, simply because it is going to be some keep up, I think. Uh, but again, I think Josh Allen could could keep up and even slightly edge Mahomes towards the end of that game. Brian? Man, to me, I was thinking about this earlier. It all boils down to a simple fact. If Mahomes plays... I think the Chiefs win, and I want exposure in fantasy to both Allen and Mahomes. If Mahomes doesn't play, I'm concerned about both quarterbacks. I'm not touching Chad Henney, sorry. I don't give a crap. It's Chad Henney. Josh Allen, if the Chiefs can't score with the Bills, Josh Allen's fantasy ceiling concerns me because he'll just get safe. He'll... I mean, they can't really run it, so I guess he's the safest quarterback that I could talk about with this because he is their running back per se. But I like I want Mahomes to play for a bunch of different reasons. But if if Mahomes does play, I want Allen. If Mahomes doesn't play, I am staying away from Josh Allen just because I don't think they're going to score that much because they're not going to need to. And if Buffalo can beat uh, Chad Henney, I think Buffalo beats a Chad Henney Kansas City pretty handily. I don't think they can beat an all-the-way right Mahomes and Kansas City. So I probably am going to go Rodgers as my QB in DFS with a backup of Allen just because of his rushing ability. And then Mahomes would be a – the problem is Mahomes is probably going to be chalky this week. So is Allen. So, oh, God, all four of these guys are going to be hard to find the not chalk. So I may put some variety in there. But if Mahomes doesn't play, I'm going to avoid both of these quarterbacks. Billy, what are you thinking? Oh, sorry. Thoughts on Kevin's uh, Kevin's question here. No, hold on, real quick. Before we move on or talk about something else, we were all watching this game last week for sure, and we all messaged each other and we're like, the biggest emoji, whatever you can talk about. Like, it wasn't the hit on Patrick Mahomes; it was everything that happened in that sequence of him taking the hit and. It was getting up. Or lack thereof getting up. I mean, yeah. you mentioned we're not talking about this a lot. I haven't seen it on Twitter. And it's kind of getting brushed under the, the rug. Like, the dude stood up and could not tell you how to spell his name. Could not tell you what day of the week it was, right? And yeah. we've seen that before. And that's what was happening. Tom, Billy, Ryan, explain to some of our listeners what actually happened and 
um, how, how this is crazy right now that he's actually had a full practice. Bill, you want to go around that? Yeah, I do feel like there's some truth to the conversation where it's more of a nerve thing than an actual concussion. Because if you watch, the way he's kind of wrapped around his head, his head never really hits the turf. However, he does kind of land on the football funny, and the way the linebacker has him, he does kind of get jerked down real suddenly by his neck. So not that it was a dirty play, per se, just kind of an awkward situation. But, yeah, when he stood up, clearly did not have balance. The offensive lineman has him by his pads holding him up, and they're tapping him on his chest like, yo, man, are you in there? And I'm not sure that he was for a minute. Uh, And you can see when he's in the tent, uh, clearly, if you look at him in his eyes, the look on his face, he's still trying to figure out, you know, what the hell happened. He's kind of got, you know, dark around his eyes. He's kind of staring off into space. Real ugly and scary situation. Uh, But I do feel like, uh, you know, I guess if it were to be a a lesser of two evils, at least his head didn't get slammed off the turf under somebody's body weight like we've seen so many guys do. To me, that's just a little bit more uh, scary, a little bit more serious than maybe what we saw with Mahomes in this this scenario. But to Kevin's point, you know, no one's doing a lot of talking about. He did have a, a, a toe injury, a foot injury they were talking about, similar to a turf toe. Obviously, on the play, he was hurt. He was still running. But if you watch him run and move, he was moving pretty gingerly. He was obviously uh, pretty uncomfortable uh, out there running this offense. But uh, Chad Henning is not going to start this game. Patrick Mahomes will play in this game. Whoever has to lie or say whatever they have to say for him to be under center, he will be. Uh, But without him, the Chiefs are in big, big trouble. Tom, you got something on this? I have a really quick question. I want like 10-second answers from each of you on this. Did you guys see the take from Colin Coward about if Ma- uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't get cleared from concussion protocol, they should back up the, the game this week until he's ready? We all see that, right? We did yeah. it for Let's do it for Mahomes. So real quick, I, I want like 10-second answers from everyone. What's your thoughts on that take? Fuck it. Nope. <laughs> no. Fuck it. Nope. The game's good when it's scheduled. Play it. Yeah, sorry. Like, as much as we all, every single person here, and I'm sure everybody watching and listening, wants to see Mahomes, it was ridiculousness that they were doing with Baltimore. It's not how it works. It shouldn't be how it works. It would be one thing. Let's be real here. I would have less problem with it if there was a COVID issue. It's not. Everybody's dealing with the same stuff still. No, we're not doing that. If Josh Allen was hurt, would they cancel the game or postpone it? No, you nope. can't do that. You you lose the integrity of the game when you start doing stuff like that for players special. If Tom Brady was hurt, would they do the same thing? Of course they would. Moving forward. <laughs> what do you want from me, Tom? <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. I know, and it's fair because let's all be real. They would do it. But the boy eats fish oil. He does like 75 crunches every minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, he good. Is that Saquon? So on the other side of the ball with Buffalo, Josh Allen, uh, to someone's point in the chat, it may have been Kevin's uh, scoring 10 points on offense for Buffalo last week. I am a little bit concerned, and here's why. I've kind of made the uh, brought up the subject with you guys a few times. A team's first trip to the playoffs is typically a short one. Now, they got away from the Colts, Frank Reich being stupid, some of the play calling and the, and the football decisions that were made in that game. The, the Buffalo Bills only won that game on the scoreboard because of some of those decisions going forward on fourth down, some questionable calls. And Baltimore last week, uh, 
really, it was just mental errors that uh, were made by Lamar Jackson, Tom's favorite quarterback, in really, really hot situations. And then the rookie came in and almost threw them right back into this game. Baltimore had a real shot to take this one. Uh, if he doesn't miss Hollywood Brown on a deep shot down the right side of the field where there's nobody within 20 yards of him, that was going to be a very different ending to that ball game. Buffalo's really gotten lucky. That pick six, even them happening to score on 101-yard pick six, is kind of an anomaly in itself. The Buffalo Bills have gotten real lucky. And going into Kansas City at Arrowhead, that those kind of things aren't going to beat the Chiefs. You're not going to get through Kansas City with a with a bad play call, uh, although I do want to address the throwing it on fourth and inches. That is the gutsiest call I've ever seen in my entire life. My initial thought when I see a guy in shotgun on fourth and inches, it's it's now fourth and five, essentially. And throwing it, hey, say what you want about Chad Henney, but that guy has guts to throw that pass, completed it, it worked. That's insane. Uh, Chad Henney did kind of, he was playing a little bit conservative, maybe the situation kind of going, don't screw it up type of thing. He made some short throws or maybe he had Tyreek open uh, coming across the back of the field if he was a little bit more patient or looking downfield a little bit more. So worst case scenario, the Chiefs ended up with Henny. I really do think they could play with Buffalo with Henny under center. Darrell Williams, baby, feed this kid. He's a good running back. As soon as Mahomes came out of the game, they started handing him the ball. They started walking right down the field and made that defense make adjustments to play this offense just a little bit differently. I think the Chiefs have the weapons to get it done regardless. So I think Buffalo's really in trouble. Just a young team. They're going to be starstruck here a little bit with uh, some bright lights of this situation. Uh, we might see Josh Allen unfold just a little bit compared to what we've been seeing this hot streak down the backstretch of the season. What you got, Ryan? Yeah, I want to add one thing. Um, y'all are kind of right with the Bills being – how are they winning these games? But I think that's a separation from good teams and great teams is even when you don't play your best game, you still get the W. So even when they're not operating at peak efficiency, they beat two really good teams, and they did now, not play their best game. Field goals, that never happens. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at they're just finding ways to win even when yeah. that – so, to me, that is a testament to their resiliency and something they can use moving forward. We haven't played well. We can still win. So, you need to take that in. And when, say, KC's up 21 in the second, this team still believes it can come back because even when they're not playing well, they just beat two teams that I – especially Tennessee. I thought for real Tennessee was going to make a big uh, move Um Baltimore, they were hot as can be. Somehow still, Buffalo wins. So I, I, I want to give them credit to that. You make your own luck. They're finding ways, even when they're not hot. All right, are we moving to running back? Yeah. All right, and who's running it? Tom, you going first this time? I guess, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, running back's a weird one in this uh, in this game. Like I looked at the Bills and I realized, I realized we have Singletary who I, I do like him, and then it's Devonte Freeman. He was playing for the Giants earlier this year. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but if I if I recall correctly, he was on the Giants uh, taking over when Saquon went down, and now he's playing for the Bills, dude. Real quick, this is just the weirdest season ever. We have a lineman that played for two teams in the playoffs and started. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, um, as far as the running backs go, I can't say I'm, like, huge on any of them. Um, but I'm not 
down on anybody either. When you look at um, the Bills, they haven't been running the ball great all season. Obviously, it's Singletary if you're going to pick one. I don't think Freeman is going to have a big game for anybody. It's uh, that's not he, he's your change of pace guy. He's to, just to get Freeman off the field every couple of plays, from what I've seen at least. Um, on the other side, there's Ceh, Lev Bell, and Williams. I mean, Williams last week all of a sudden came in and had a pretty solid game. I mean, I was very impressed. Like it's you anticipate this being the Ceh show or even Lev uh, Lev Bell show, but no, that's that's not what they're going to do. The Chiefs are going to throw you off and play whoever they decide is going to be a fun person to watch out there that week. Because last week he went out for 13 for 78. I mean, you're averaging six yards a carry as you're a third string running back. Like, I, I just don't understand how the Chiefs offense does it. I, Andy Reid, I know, give it a few more years and then it'll suck and somebody will drive him out of town, right, guys? Isn't that how it works? Or is that just Philly? That was just Philly. Uh, great, great. We're doing, doing well up here. Um, no, I mean, it's – I think it, if you had to pick Ryan back from this game, it's Singletary for the Bills. Like I said, I, I don't question that one too much. I want to go CEH for, for Kansas City. I just hope that the other guys don't scavenge too many, too many touches off of him. Yeah. I mean – I heard what you mentioned earlier, Devontae Freeman, man, dude, off the uh, off the Xbox list right now, right to a divisional championship game. On the opposite side, though, for Kansas City, you really don't know what Andy Reid's going to do because Daryl Williams, Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, who who knows, right? What I do want to talk about is I'm not touching Andy's running backs, right? Like Ryan and Tom mentioned, I think Billy mentioned that too. I want to dive a little bit deeper into this Buffalo defense because defense wins championship guys, Kansas city, even with Patrick Mahomes out there has to go up against a really good Buffalo defense right now. You got Matt Milano, number two linebacker in the playoffs. You got Trane Edmonds, the number two linebacker. So both these guys in the middle of this defense in this, in the front five are extremely, really are extremely good. Then you look at Micah Hyde, you look at Trey White. You look at Poyer. My guy, y'all don't know about me and Jordan, though. Me and Jordan, boy. Jordan Poyer, man. Dude is lit. Um, and, you look at, and then you look at Johnson. You look at Wallace. And then you look at Norman, obviously, who doesn't need an introduction. This Buffalo Bills defensive secondary is extremely good. I would say in the playoffs right now, they're the number one secondary, and their stats back it up. You're looking at their front two right now, Milano and Edmonds. 36 tackles between the two of them. Tackles for losses. You know, what? what's this right here? You got six interceptions. Ridiculous. You got Micah Hyde with an interception. You got Poirier breaking up passes. I mean, you got Norman doing Norman things. Against, obviously, the best offense or the most electrifying offense in the league where one out of any one of their receivers can burn you. So you have that going for the Kansas City offense. Like we all say, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, it's lights out for KC. Go Buffalo. I'm going to 
probably jump through a table this weekend and say Buffalo wins this game, you know? Um, I'm sorry, guys. I You know how I am with the underdog story. I love the underdog story. I love Disney+. Plus. You know, check Famar. Marco in the uh, in the chats, check Famar. If y'all never seen Safety from uh, Disney+, Plus. phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. Go Clemson Tigers. Um, and that's really all I really want to talk about the uh, running backs in this. Um, the wide receivers, if no one has anything to talk about the running backs, though, Ryan... Why don't you kick us off? Oh, Billy, kick us off. You skipped a lot of people. I want to talk about Daryl Williams a little bit. This guy averaged six yards a carry last week, 13 carries, 78 yards, four targets and catches for 16 yards. And this is a guy that's been pretty productive in this offense. He's the forgotten about commodity behind Le'Veon Bell, CEH, that we're still kind of question marks about CEH's health. However, last year, Damian Williams got it going in the playoffs for Kansas City. And if they're going to win this thing, they're going to have to find some production out of the backfield. That's always kind of been the catalyst of the Andy Reid offense, and this kid is it. I'm telling you right now, he'll have 100-plus yards rushing. This will be his coming-out party as Kansas City just starts to bury the Bills late in this game as Buffalo's luck runs out at Arrowhead. This guy's going to have a really good game. It's a really good back. He's a big back, 225 pounds with pretty good speed and catches the ball a lot better than most guys his size. So as far as the only running back I care about, I think he showed last week he could carry the load if they had to lean on him, and I think they will, uh, especially if there's any question about Mahomes' foot or that toe coming out of last week's game. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like, combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until of course something dramatic happens, and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Yeah, I guess I'll touch on the only guy I'm really intrigued with. I know Devontae Freeman is there, but Yeldon got some run last week. And just for his pass-catching capabilities, he's an interesting plug for DFS. Just because running back, to my in my opinion, is so crap this week, uh, and I don't really like it that much. So if you're going to punt, Yeldon might be the punt that you would go with, and you can really stack that roster with everybody else. Well, he's going to cost nothing. Big weeks in Jacksonville, too. When yeah, he's I mean, he's a pass secondary guy. He's a, a pass catching back for sure. And if you're in a PPR situation, I think you could do worse. He's absolutely a forgotten about guy. I mean, I've forgotten about him. I'm about to plug him in in half my lineups right now. But Darrell okay. Williams, think Latavius Murray, very similar type of back, a little bit shorter, but big body guy that moves a lot better than a guy his size should. Yeah, and you know what, Billy? Before we move on to wide receivers, Damian Williams, a guy that really wasn't that impressive in the regular season nuclear playoffs because that passing attack is so devastating that really one of those running backs could be the running back of the week but i just don't know i like the williams call another punt that i think i will probably plug and play 
Before we get to wide receivers, though, guys, I do want to do a quick read from Trophy Smack. Commemorate your league winner in the best possible way. Trophy Smack creates trophies, belts, and rings with free engraving and shipping. Now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use the promo code BELLYUP. Trophy Smack sent us an awesome trophy to the Belly Up Bowl winner, and we're really pleased. We can't wait to get that trophy sent to my house next year. So, uh, But, yeah, guys, if you're going to order trophies, rings, et cetera, anything, Trophy Smack is where you want to go to get it done. So let's move on to wide receivers. Wide res- <laughs> There's a lot of wide receivers in this, this week that it's going to be difficult. Again, I have to play Adams. But then you have Diggs and Tyreek that I'm both going, oh, man, this is a problem for me. Because Diggs has been getting some of that Devontae Adams treatment where he's kind of forcing him the ball. And if you go down the list of all the guys, I'm seeing eight at least guys that could go bonkers this week in this game, especially in Kansas City. You never know. Between Hardman, Watkins, Robinson, Pringle, you know Tyreek and you know Kelsey are going to get theirs. But one of those other guys is going to be the guy, the the one that scores, the one that has 100 yards. Who's it going to be? Um, I love Hardman. I'm always partial towards Hardman. But – I just find it difficult to find anybody to trust on that side of the ball outside Tyreek and Kelsey. Watkins, Hardman, Robinson, Pringle. Mm, one of those guys is going to make somebody some money. On the other side, it's definitely Diggs. John Brown, is he going to get back and involved? Who was it I was talking with that said, I played John Brown last week and he had nothing, and then I don't play him this week and he's going bonkers and catch, 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 catch. So it's hard for me. I like KC's defense and I like Buffalo's defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game just because of the potency of the offenses. But um, as far as the other receivers, I mean, I think it's the same on both sides of the ball. Is it going to be John Brown? Is it going to be Beasley? Is it going to be Gabriel Davis? That's going to be that second guy behind Diggs slash Tyreek. The wide receiver ones, I want to get them in. If I can get Diggs, Tyreek, and Adams in, that's why I need Yeldon. But uh, the rest of the guys, that's your play to find. you got to find that guy. Which one's going to be the guy? So I'm probably going to roll with a little bit of Hardman and a little bit of Gabriel Davis just because I think the rookie shows off and they're going to be focusing on the other guys. Billy? Interesting observation. The last four teams here as we look at the final four of this conference championship game. As far as just from the receiver position, not counting tight ends and all that, the Chiefs may have the least impressive personnel grouping. That's kind of a nutty way to think about it. The Bills are deep, obviously the Bucks, and we talk about the guys in Green Bay. I'm not sure that Hardman and these guys really, you know, Sammy Watkins, great player, but he's really riding out name value from being the draft pick out of Clemson and maybe a, a really good rookie year in Buffalo. But other than that, uh, he's kind of been underwhelming. But, hey, this was a good revenge game, Sammy Watkins' revenge game, and this is a big opportunity for him and a big spot to do it. Um, I think Tyreek's going to have a huge day. I think he's just – one. it's just kind of time. It's been a little bit since we've seen him really go off, and that's kind of his thing. He kind of – about the time you forget about him is one of those days where he has 200 yards and three touchdowns in a quarter like he did to Tampa Bay. I'm looking forward to that happening in the Super Bowl again here in a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Bills' depth at wide receiver, and that's why that's what's helped Josh Allen and that completion percentage take that monstrous leap that we've seen. It's Diggs, it's Beasley, it's Davis, it's John Brown. I mean, these are really good players, maybe guys that underwhelmed in previous spots. We put them in Buffalo in the right spot for this offense, and it just goes. It's kind of like Tannehill and Tennessee to me. It's the right pieces, the right fit, the right system, the right group of guys. And, hey, Gabriel Davis is your wide receiver three, wide receiver four, uh, depending on where John Brown's health is on a day. That's a really good player. Young, but a really good player there as your fourth wide receiver option. And, and hey, we're about to get into the tight end spot. Another guy there, Dawson Knox, is a really underrated commodity. I'm sure Ryan will tell you all about him. 
these bills are a lot better equipped than people are giving them credit for. And, you know, hey, I don't think they'll beat Kansas City. However, they could have a really impressive showing if they can get their offense back on track. Billy, I'm just going to take that right off. Like, you were like the straight-up Mark Ingram, big trust hype man for that. First of all, their worst receiver just dropped. Like, he should have dropped an Eminem album the other day, Cole Beasley. Yes. Number 21 tight end in PPR – or, I'm sorry, the number 21 wide receiver in PPR formatting uh, was the worst receiver on the team. Yeah. Worst receiver on the team. And you still got Gabriel Davis, number 17. John Brown, who for points per game has been up there about the 12th or 13th. And then the wide receiver won, not only in playoffs, but in points per game, blah, 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 blah. A guy that I wish you and Ryan and Tom would have said, hey, Chris, you know what? Maybe you didn't even move this guy into your top five, top six. Or something like that at the beginning of the year. I'm pretty sure one of you guys, being one of my friends, would have told me that. I don't know if I remembered this or not. But he has been the number one wide receiver in the playoffs. The number three wide receiver from the last four weeks out. The dude has been setting scores and records. Blah, 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 blah. 234 yards in the postseason. Two touchdowns. Um, And then you look in the regular season – what you really want to see from a new quarterback in a new system, the dude is getting 8.1 touches per game. True touches, not targets, not end arounds, true touches. The dude's got the ball in his hand eight times per game. That's a fucking lot. Die, the Buffalo Bills have given him the ball. Josh Allen's got full trust in him. He's going to do it for you in this game. And then you look on the opposite side, right, in that mirror image in Tyreek Hill, what you see day in and day out, the Devontae Adams type. You know he's going to score at least once. Who else is going to score on that team? You don't know what's going to happen. And you look at the defense of the Buffalo Bills, and you look at the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Kansas City defense is not as impressive as the Buffalo Bills. You got the Honey Badger. You got Sneed, you got Ward, you got Sorensen, you got Breland, who are all in your top 62. But Breland, Sorensen, Ward, Sneed, they're all tied for number 62. Matthew the Honey Badger at 45. Obviously, they're getting in the box and they're getting grimy, they're getting dirty, they're breaking up passes. But what can these guys really do against not only the wide receivers of Buffalo, but Josh Allen in that dual threatness because guys, I'm becoming a fan more and more and he's climbing my dynasty rankings being so young, being the dude in Buffalo. You know how much I like Kyler. He's never going to surpass Kyler, but he's getting close to Kyler. So that's what I got on these Buffalo wide receivers and Josh Allen. Tom, before we go into tight ends with these two guys below us, Give us some knowledge on these speedy wideouts. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton beyond what you guys have already said, right? I think the biggest thing I want to bring up is, Bill, you talked about how the Chiefs are the least talented group remaining in the playoffs. Not, but by no means is this a a you know an untalented group of receivers. I think that that's uh, one thing we need to say, but. 
I think that we're not giving them credit because as far as a productivity standpoint this year, that's absolutely true. I think Hardman is a lot better than his productivity shows. I think a lot of people have been saying that for two years or so now, and I think we'll continue to say it. I think that there's a lot of untapped potential there, and I don't know if it simply is that, like you said, Watkins is riding off of some name recognition. Not that he's not a good receiver, but it's he's not the player he was three, four, five years ago. If he moves on and Hardman takes over that number two receiver role opposite Tyreek Hill, can Hardman have that breakout season and really show us that he can be, again, not maybe not a number one receiver, but a, a solid number two that's going to put up you know, 750 yards on a season and a couple touchdowns. Like it, can he do that? I think he can. Um, I think that this Chiefs offense is so high powered that, you know, they really do. They hit their running backs. They hit Tyreek Hill. They hit Travis Kelsey so much that it kind of, and, and again, even the, the Hardman, the Pringle, the, um, all these not no name guys, but, uh, you know, Robinson, everybody that's, not a top tier player. They hit them all enough that it spreads the ball around. They aren't able to to break out per se. Um, I mean, beyond that, it's you know Diggs is going to have a big game. You know Hill's going to have a big game. I would I would go in on Hardman having a game here, and I would go in on Davis having one over Smokey John Brown. Uh, I think Davis is finally <laughs> starting to make that takeover. So, um, anybody else got anything on receivers though? Yeah, Diggs had uh, 15 games of six catches this year. And uh, Chris is a little fat. 16. 16. Okay. I thought I saw he had one. And his rating 94.3 versus single coverage where Devontae Adams is 96.4. Probably the only guy in that range. And nine nine games of 100-plus receiving yards for Stephon Diggs. Just absolute monster year in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And to Ryan's point here in our little private chat, almost 70% completions, which that was the biggest knock that Josh Allen had was for the completion percentage. And that, this, these wide receivers helped him out, obviously, but what a monstrous jump for these guys. This Bills offense, uh, maybe a little bit of holding the stigma of being the Buffalo Bills, but definitely uh, definitely shaking it off very quickly as they get more and more into the national stage here. You know, a lot of times we talk about a glass ceiling, right? Josh Allen has broken through that glass table. Absolutely. Jumped off the jumped off the rig in the in the parking off lot. And um. All right. Cool. I think that brings us into tight ends, boys. So obviously Travis Kelsey, Dawson Knox. That's that's the two guys in this game. Uh, for Travis Kelsey, I got one name for you. That's going to make this a tough game for him. Tremaine Edmonds. Six foot five, two twenty five, ex strong safety, now middle linebacker for the Bills, who runs a four five four. Terrifying. Damn. Right? Between him and Matt Milano, Travis Kelsey's gonna have his hands full. Because here's the thing with the Buffalo Bills off or excuse me, defense. You don't need a safety to come down and cover that line uh, the tight end. You have linebackers that have the speed and size to do it, right? Even against a top tight end like Travis Kelsey. And that also leads back into the, you know, who's going to, you know, be able to stop 
the receivers, you have safety help over the top now. You don't have to worry about it. You have another middle linebacker, whichever one covers tight end, the other one can cover the running backs because of this, you know, the style of defense they run. I mean, I don't have concerns for the Bills stopping the tight end position this week. Uh, on the other hand, Dawson Knox, I think, could have quite the week. Um, well, I don't hate the middle or excuse me, the, the linebackers for Kansas City. I don't think that Willie Gay, Anthony Hitchens, or Damian Wilson are going to be able to keep up with him and stop him. Uh, I think that the cornerbacks could have their hands full with the, you know with Diggs, uh, Davis, Beasley, and Brown. But I think that Dawson Knox could be the benefactor of there's a big matchup discrepancy here because you need your safeties and corners to cover all these receivers. Your linebackers are not of the level to cover Dawson Knox. That's 100% true right now. Dawson Knox, and I'm pretty sure Ryan and Billy mentioned this to us, Tom. He's comparable to a Travis Kelsey, Mike Gusecki type of player because he's not a true, maybe even, not even like George Kittle because George Kittle seems a little more hard-nosed and more going to get in there. Definitely not a a hunter in the Catch a a pass in the slot, right? Yep. I think he's a lot more raw than those guys. Uh, I think Gusecki, even just coming out of college, Gusecki I think was a little bit more developed uh, than Dawson Knox. Oh, here we go. I I know. Ryan is over here just (laughs) full, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised my screen stayed still. He is roaring to go uh, to talk about Gasecki, but we're not going to go there. Um, You know, I I think Knox, well, he's he's raw. He can develop uh, and really become a top-tier tight end over the next, you know, two years or so. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. But what do we got on uh, tight ends, boys? All right, I'll jump in. Tight ends all day if you really wanted to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, take us us to the promised land with tight ends. Okay. Uh, I said lock in Devontae Adams. I have another lock for you right here. And before I tell you who it is, I just got to list a couple things that I found fascinating. on, And this is just DraftKings. So I'm looking at my tight ends right now. Travis Kelsey costs eight grand. Ooh. Eight grand. That's cheap. number two. Number two tight end. The Not second worth most it. Robert Tanyan, thirty six hundred. Worth wow. it. Less wow. than wow. half. That's a big difference. It's huge, right? It's huge. I mean, Kelsey's going to score. I think we can all agree Kelsey's going to score. But you're paying primo for that touchdown. Tanyan at thirty six. Gronk at thirty two. Check out who's fourth. Brait at three thousand. Wow. Fifth. Fifth. Dawson Knox, 2,800. Yep. Adding him to who's already in my lineup. I just had to look at the other prices because I couldn't believe what the pricing was for these guys. Like, obviously, I get the Kelsey thing, right? I do. It makes sense. The guy just scores. Five grand, though, not eight. The The Buffalo Bills. Where's my defensive stats? 2,800 versus 8,000. It's a 6,200 
5,200 gap. The gap between Kelsey and number two is 4,400. That's so, the only way you're able to get some of those receivers you were talking about, Ryan. Watt, and there's, that's okay. The so there's not a linebacker on Kansas City's team that can match up. No, with, it's not. just a no-brainer to me. As much as I love Kelsey, as much as I love uh, Tanyan, as much as I love Gronk, and as and much as I great, up in other positions. Great costs 200 more than Knox, guys. 200 more than Knox. Dawson like, Knox. Daryl Williams are going to allow you to pay up for these guys that you have to have to do well this week. I'm telling you yep. right now that there's going to be some money to be made with those two guys in your lineups. Uh, every single lineup I have is going to have Adams and it's going to have Knox just because of that price point. That's ridiculous. He's a touchdown away from being valuable. Just one TD, six points, and he starts paying for himself after that. So he got $2,800? Yes, and Kelsey costs eight grand. Yeah, it's He's a thing. I bet he you get thirty yards to pay off. Thirty one catch for twenty yards pays off. That's insanity, right? Like, what's the price? How did they get there with that? I don't understand why he was so cheap. He will not be. He will be in every single lineup I do, whether it be in flex if I wanted to pop in a Kelsey. Or I'm, yeah. I'm really actually about flexing a tight end this week rather than a running back, unless you can get one of them big name receivers in there for you. I'm going to flex a tight end, maybe a Gronk at 3,200 or a Braid at yeah, 3,000. Not even a big name tight end that I could outside of like the top four that I'd be like super comfortable with, you know? Yeah, well, Knox is the fifth. Even Tony at that 3,600 price point. I, I feel it. I feel it too. I'd rather take Knox. Well, I'll take them wow. both. Yeah. I, I was going to make a point to you what you just said. Tanya will be my flex. Okay. If I get one of them expensive receivers, I'll do it. But if I can't get an offensive receiver, I'm going tight end. I'll have some money left over in my budget. And that's how you really win these tournaments is you don't get as, you don't zero out your lineup. You have a unique lineup. So for me, Knox is going in automatically, and I may slot in a tight end as my flex, especially considering the price points. Or if I can afford Kelsey, I would love to do that. But that's just expensive. Yeah, and Dawson Knox, we talked about Robert Tunyon kind of being that extension of the run game for the Packers. I feel like he's going to have a similar role for the Bills, being that uh, they're the only, they're basically down to just Devin Singletary. Zach Moss was the running back that these guys played in the red zone. He got the red zone touches, a little t- dump-off targets, all that. Dawson Knox is a very athletic tight end, and had he not had Cole Beasley and all these other talents around him, might have had his breakout year, but it's coming. This guy's a really talented guy, and if you go watch some tape on him, some of the catches he makes – this guy's a really, really good player, really, really good footwork. He can make the t- the sideline Tony Toe tap stuff. He's a really good player. I-, I like Dawson Knox in this matchup. It's kind of being the forgotten about commodity on that Buffalo Bills offense. Obviously, we know Travis Kelsey is It's going to be a big part of this game. But to Tom's point, the Bills might be the best suited team left in these playoffs to have a- an athlete capable of-, of sticking with Kelsey without help. So that being said, uh, you know, Dawson Knox, he could have a big breakout day, kind of unsuspected, kind of that one guy that the Chiefs don't necessarily have an answer for without leaving John Brown or Gabriel Davis or Cole Beasley uh, in a real favorable matchup, which they're not going to do. I really like this uh, Dawson Knox game uh, this week in Kansas City for sure. You give up yeah. your safety help over the top if you want to cover Dawson Knox. And if that happens, Stephon Diggs blows you open or Gabriel Davis or Smokey John Brown deep. Because Josh Allen, Lord knows, has the arm for it. He likes to rip it, too. The, the, the one thing I want to add that I'm not sure 100% of people know is that Dawson Knox didn't play tight end in high school, and he got recruited to Ole Miss to play college quarterback. 
They transitioned him his freshman year to play tight end. This guy is an uber athlete. He is raw. You were talking about Jacecki and those guys, him being kind of like that. Yeah, except he never really played tight end that much, and they didn't utilize him that much in college. But this dude is literally like a raw piece of meat that just needs to be put on on the grill for six seconds. So it's like very rare, and you eat that up, up, man, because I'm not – I like Knox is still raw. I was a year early on him, I think, maybe two. Because he has a lot of growing to do, but this guy is going to be a guy you are going to know about eventually just because of his athleticism. So here we go. This is what we know about Ryan at real Ryan Hicks, everybody. If you got an athlete who could possibly catch a ball and he gets drafted, Ryan will evaluate you and let you know how you stack up in the tight end community because he has talked about Gasecki. He's talked about Logan Thomas. He's talked about your boy right now, Dawson Knox. I'm pretty sure he's talked about uh, Jordan Aikens and my Houston Texans uh, tight ends, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby throughout the year. You're going to want to follow Ryan and Billy as they debate these tight ends over the year coming up. Uh, But guys, we've been at this for about two hours. I think we need to kind of call it tonight. We're going to leave a little tease for next week um, where we're going to give you our early number ones for 2021 in redraft formats. We're also going to bring you some rookie rankings because we're going to start getting into these rookie rankings and debates and who do you need to take regardless of draft stock or where they get drafted, things like that. Because these rookies, man, it's a, it's a pretty deep class. And we really, really are enjoying everything that's going on. Guys, right now, we're at a pivotal point in our fantasy football career right now. We've got what we've got going on on Twitter and all social media formats. We've got the belly up bowl going on right now. Um, Not going on right now, I'm sorry. Um, But season two that's coming on, it's a redraft league, guys. It helps charity. Probably one of the best charities that I could want to donate to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Um, Ryan and Billy and Tom will talk about that here in a second um, because I definitely want to talk about Belly Up Bowl 2.0 coming out here this season, and I want everyone to get involved in it. But also, guys, you got to follow at Belly Up Tom. You got to follow at Real Ryan Hicks. You got to follow at BWIT24. You got to follow at BU. Fantasy Live. We're going to be bringing you winning knowledge for fantasy football throughout the year in redraft, IDP, Devi, and Dynasty Leagues, guys. 24 7, follow us, Belly Up Fantasy Sports. We are what they are not, guys. Ryan, Tom, Billy, take us away. Let us every let everyone know that what they should be following and where they can uh, meet us on social medias. Yeah, man. Uh, as always, follow me on Twitter at BellyUpTom. Uh, come see where I talk about the fact that since Ryan said Dawson Knox was a quarterback in high school, the Eagles are probably going to sign him just like they did Tyree Jackson <laughs> and convert him to tight end because all our players are going to be quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, no, uh, follow me on Twitter though. I'll just, 
it's a bunch of bullshit. Not going to lie. I'm just going to rant on there, but I think it's pretty entertaining. I don't know. These guys think it's entertaining. So uh, it's a good time. Uh, come at me about my hot takes, whatever you got. I'm happy to debate anything. Um, make sure you're following us on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Um, any support really means a lot to us. This first year has been incredible. Uh, you know, the season's wrapping up here and uh, I don't think we could be any more thankful than, than we are now. Um, we just started a YouTube page, uh, Bell at Fantasy Live. The link is in the comments there. Uh, so make sure you follow us there. Um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, fantasy football information, whatever you got, check us out. Um, you know, like we said, we're here for the long run, whether it's redraft, dynasty, anything. We aren't stopping. We took our old two week hiatus. That's it. Uh, we're rolling right through into next season. So uh, stay with us here. Ryan, what do you got? It's dynasty season, baby, and we're here for it. Uh, dynasty has always been kind of my favorite uh, format just because you can build for the future. So we want to ha- uh, uh, obviously, you can find me at Real Ryan Hicks on Twitter. Make sure Billy posted the link to our new YouTube channel. We're going to be posting all of our videos up there soon. Um, the Belly Up Bowl number two, that's huge. Please, guys, get with one of us or message me. Let me know if you want in because we are filling this thing. And we're going to make it as big as we can, but we already have quite a few people. So if you want to get involved in this, don't wait too long because eventually we're going to shut down taking uh, new people in because it's going to be big this year. Um, Ryan, how many did we have last year? We had 144 and it's going to be at least 200 this year, I suspect. So yeah, it's going to be a big deal. Get excited. We're going to be with you every week. We're going to be talking about rookies. I don't know about y'all. I think I can speak for you three. When I look at rookies for drafting, I like to have an idea about those guys before they get drafted so I can't let that situation affect me too much. Um, Like, for instance, I felt about CEH the way I felt about CEH before, and so when we went to Kansas City, I wasn't as excited as some other people were. And I think that paid off a little bit because he was getting pulled really early. Third round, that 1.03. First round. Expectation. Yeah, I mean, if he'd have stayed healthy. 1.05. Well, if he'd have stayed healthy – he might have approached getting because that is an awesome offense. But I want everybody that listens to us to have an idea coming into the NFL draft about who these guys are and what to expect before the situation can either push you up or push you down based on where they go. So that's really what we want to focus on too is getting those rookies analyzed and talked about and give you a really good idea of who they are before they get drafted. For sure. And anybody like me that maybe hasn't been uh, that into the dynasty side of things, get involved and check it out. It's a lot more fun than you might think. And we're going to be bringing you a lot of that information for the guys that, you know, rookies that uh, maybe you aren't as familiar with, the big-name guys, maybe you don't follow college football like you do NFL. We're going to do that work for you. So stay tuned. We're going to be digging in, breaking down film, breaking down metrics, paying attention to the draft. Might have a great show uh, draft night. We've talked about maybe going live, watching the draft, and doing some breakdown stuff. we got a lot of things in store belly up bull uh, if you didn't get a chance to join us last year uh, definitely get with us soon and get in with us this year we had a great event uh you know rusty meyer took home 1200 bucks an awesome trophy smack trophy i mean if you're not in on that uh, i don't know i don't know what gets you going for fantasy football but come join us we had a great event last year it's gonna be bigger badder and more fun this year uh, check us all out hit us up if you want to get involved or want to talk about any certain platform maybe we can get something going on the show for you too Make sure we cover everybody's bases for anybody that might be listening from afar. Last thing, I'm sorry, I forgot to add this. No matter what format you do, 
we're going to be doing that next year. So if you want to get involved, but you're like, oh, I don't want to do the belly up bow. I want to do best ball. I want to do auction. I want to do guilty. And I want to, we're doing it. We're doing it well, big. Wait to hear you talk about IDP leagues. Well, I'm not doing IDP, but we Your will like you. Do- we'll help you yeah. out with those, baby. I'm saying, come on with it. Hey, yeah. if, if for some reason we don't have it at Bow Up Fantasy Live, because our show can only be so long, all of us have significant others that will kill us if we keep going too long. Yes, but true. if it's not in the show, we guarantee that at Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Fantasy, we have the information you're looking for. So make sure you're checking out Belly Up Sports and Belly Up Fantasy as well. One thing I want to start though, Tom, this year, and I think you would might you might like this because I want to nominate you as the head guy. Uh-oh. This is new. Vampire League. I'm about vampire league. We should do vampire league. Tom is the vampire. When you're the vampire, you draft out of all after everybody else's draft, you draft, and then if you beat anybody, you get to take a player from them. You're the vampire, so you get to take their best player. I'm so you get just straight hot takes and then just steal everybody's. That's players. it, baby. That's it. Straight Man. hotness, baby. I'm vampire in. league, vampire league. Everybody, terrible get list. in on it, vampire league right now. We'll set this up for the we'll draft tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, shit, it could happen tomorrow. I've already drafted a couple times. Yeah, we, we've already had drafts between all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's set that up. Let's do a let's do a fan listener league where we can yes. do a vampire league. Tom will start out as the vampire, and we'll run it we'll we'll run it ragged, baby. Yes, that sounds awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys, it's been two hours. I gotta get. I gotta turn this light off. I gotta go <laughs> dinner, and I gotta handle some things. And I'll see y'all tomorrow. Right. Thanks, guys. As always, Belly Up Fantasy Live. You can always follow us on all social medias. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, we'll keep it going through the offseason. Have a good one. Let's go. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm going to leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more.